0: Hi, I'm Pastor Robbie Barrett, and I want to take this time to thank you for taking time out of your busy day to listen to a life-changing word from God. And I pray that as you listen to these podcasts, that it will shape your way of thinking, and that you will be walking in the fullness of what God has for you. I'm so thankful for what God is doing in this hour, and in this ministry, and in each and every one of your lives. If you got your Bibles with me this morning, I want you to turn with me to James chapter 1, verse 2. Do you guys want to hear a, just the a same old, same old sermon, or do you want to hear Revelation today? See, that's what we're missing in the body of Christ Anybody can get up here and read a few verses, but we need revelation. Can somebody say amen? Why? Because you can only go as far as what's been revealed to you. Now, despite popular belief, God has you in the church house to grow. Amen? You wasn't called just to warm a a pew or a church seat or whatever. God has a destiny, a purpose for you to fulfill, and he enjoys to watch you grow. Are you with me today? And this is how we grow. We grow by revelation. Now, James chapter 1, verse 2, let's open up in prayer. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you that it will not return void, but it will accomplish everything that you send it out to do. I thank you for the anointing in this place that destroys every yoke of the enemy. There are many people this morning that God, or excuse me, the enemy tried to talk them out of coming today because he didn't want them to hear this word. Because we are bound because of a lack of knowledge. But Father, I thank you today that you're going to set people free. You're going to open up their eyes and they're going to go to the place that you have for them. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Let's read right here. It says, my brethren, count it all what? Joy when you what? Fall into divers' temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works what? Now, see, that hurt just you saying it, didn't it? Patience. It works patience. Now see, the reason why it hurts you is because many of you don't understand what the word patience means. But I'm going to explain it to you, and when you understand what the word patience means, you're going to say, oh, okay, Lord, let me learn patience. Because it is not just the ability to wait. That's what you've been taught. All right, I'm going to wait on this, but let's be real. Some of you don't have a choice but to wait. Does that mean you have patience? All right, so it works what? Patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire. Somebody say these last two words, wanting nothing. Say that with me, wanting nothing. All right, the meaning of the word patience in the Greek does not mean to wait. It doesn't mean to wait. Because like I said, some of us are in a boat right now that we don't have a choice but to wait. There's things that we can't do and we have to wait. That that doesn't mean we're having patience. But the reason why James said let patience have its perfect work in you. Put it with your faith. Because the word patience in the Greek means the ability to stay put, to stand your ground under pressure. Lord have mercy. Let me go over here for a second. It is the ability to stay your course, to stay in place, to be unmovable, unshakable until the storm, the trial, whatever is over. That is what the word patience means. Can I tell you something in here this morning? That the problem is not that you don't have enough faith. I've just always been taught that, you know, I just need to get some more faith. If I got some more faith, I could move mountains. If I got some more faith, then I could break these strongholds. It's not that you don't have enough faith. Watch this this morning. Catch this. Patience is the ability to stay, right? To not be all over the place. The problem is not your faith. It's you have not made up your mind. Are you with me? It's the point that you've not made up your mind. You don't know what you want. I just want God to do something. I want him to do something. I want him to move. Okay, how do you want him to? I don't know, but I just want him to move. That's not how God operates. That's not how he works. You see, it's not your faith. It's the fact that you've not made up your mind. That's what he said. That's why he said, let patience go with your faith. How many remembers Abraham? Notice what it says. It says that with faith and what? Come on, somebody, help me again. Faith and what? Patience. He obtained the promises. How many wants to receive the promises? You want to obtain the promise. Amen. All right, so watch this. He says you need a made-up mind to go with your faith. Watch this. Everybody in here believes God for something. You believe that God can do this and he can do that. And we sung the song earlier, he can do miracles. And everybody in here was like, amen, praise the Lord. We believe that. But that's not enough. Because how many knows that you can believe God can do something and you can be all over the place at the same time? You can do it. So James says if you want your faith to work, if you want to accomplish something, he said you must You must let faith, or excuse me, patience have its perfect work. You must learn how to make up your mind. Turn to your neighbor and say, Make up your mind. If you don't have a neighbor, speak to yourself like David did. Make up your mind. Make up your mind. All right, so watch this. He says, When you let patience go to verse uh, four. He says, when you let patience have its perfect work, you will come to the place where you are mature, wanting nothing. Hold on to that phrase right there. Wanting nothing. Catch this by the Spirit. I'll come to the place where I don't want anything. That's not what he's saying. Wanting nothing. In other words, he says, when you come to the place where you learn how to develop your mind into singleness, you will come to the place where you know what you want. That, that phrase, wanting nothing, here's what he's saying. You don't know what you want. So you don't want anything, you don't go after anything. How many's ever heard of indecisiveness? You know what that means? I can go this way, but I can go this way. Well, I can go that way right there. And you know what you did? Nothing. You stayed right here. You didn't go anywhere. So, he says, when you learn how to develop staying put, I'm not backing down. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to hold my ground. I'm going to stay in place. You know when the Bible says, resist the devil? And he will, all right, but let's back up though. You can't resist him until you submit yourself, come on, to the power of God. Without the power of God, the enemy will beat you down. But he says if you submit yourself, if you look to that power that's on the inside of you, if you look towards the inward man, he says you can resist the devil. Do you know what people in the church have taught you that word resist means? I'm just holding on, Lord. Just holding. That's not what that means. The word resist means to to put up a mighty defense. Devil, you come at me. Somebody's going to back down, and it's going to be you. It's not going to be me. That's what the word resist means. Refusing to give up any position. Patience. See, now you can say that word and it doesn't hurt. Because it doesn't mean, I'm just waiting, I'm just, no, no, no. The word patience means you are, have the ability to endure, to hold on and not back down. That's what that means. You got to learn how to make up your mind. All right, watch this. Let me ask you a question. What do you want? What do you want? Now, when's the last time you heard somebody ask you that in the church? Praise the Lord, whatever God wants. That's not what I said. I said, what do you want? Turn to your neighbor real quick and ask him, say, what do you want? Now, now listen, (laughs) listen, I didn't ask you what you could do. Because everybody asks, or they ask themselves what they want by their ability. God didn't ask you that. He said, what do you want? Now look at verse 5 and 6. It says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God that gives unto all men liberally and unbraideth not. That means that God will be more than happy. He wants you to know what to do. He wants you to have direction. He wants you to have a plan for your life. All right, he says he will not hold it back from you, but it shall be given. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. Notice how he puts those two together. He says, ask in faith. You've got that down. You ask in faith. But then he says, nothing wavering. Make up ask in faith with a made-up mind on what you want. Somebody say hallelujah. Have a made-up mind and then ask what you want. All right. Then he says, for he that wavers is like a wave... That is tossed by the sea, driven with the wind, and is tossed. All right, if any man wants to know what he should want, well, I don't know what to ask. I want things, but I want to know that it's something of God. Ask God about it. Do you know what prayer should be? i'm gonna I'm gonna shock you in here today. Do you know what prayer should be? Prayer should be nothing but you getting direction on what to do, and then go and do it. Not continuously coming to God. Oh Lord, do it, come on, Lord, do it. Come on, Lord, do it. No. He said, ask. and you sh- it shall be done. Ask. He didn't say, keep asking, keep asking. Come on, keep going, keep going, keep going. Because it it comes to a place where it's a lack of faith. Because the moment that God speaks something to you in the spirit realm, it is done. Do you understand that? It's done. It's not going to be done. It's already done. The psalmist said that he spoke and it stood fast. So then... Once you know what to do, make up your mind when God says, hey, this is the direction. How do I know that it's something that God wants to do? How many has vision in here this morning? Raise your hand if you've got vision. God's giving you vision. Do you know what that is? That's the license to go after it. How many knows that famous verse that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever ask or think of, according to His power that works within you, right? Everybody loves that verse, but think about what it's saying. He says, I will place it in you, the desire on what I want you to do, and then I will go above and beyond that. Make up your mind. Again, I asked you, what did you want, not what you could do. Every, watch this, every vision that God has placed on the inside of you, every single one of you, it's bigger than you. Men's meeting the other night, I said just about 99.9% of the things that God tells me to do, He knows I can't do it. Woo, praise the Lord. He knows I can't do it. That's why I have to depend on Him. Are you hearing me in here today? When he said, Moses, go and deliver my people out of Egypt, he knew Moses couldn't do it. All right, so the vision is the license. He's showing you what to go after, right? Do you know how Abraham knew what to do? Let me tell you how. He had the Bible. No, he didn't. It said, the word of the Lord came to him in a what? Say it again, in a vision. So once God gives you the vision and you know what to go after, then your responsibility is to make up your mind, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to look to the left or to the right. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow after what God told me to do. All right, now look here. Now many people will have this attitude, whatever God wants to do in my life, let it be done. Just whatever the Lord... God is precise. We find it amazing. Can I tell you a statement that it may go against your religion, your uh, theology? There's been times that God has told me, you make a decision and I'll back you. Now what's some of you going to say, oh, that, that ain't God. Why are we so amazed by that? How many's got kids in here? Raise your hand. That's exactly what you do with your kids. It's called growth. Watch this: When they were in an infant state, you made every decision for them. Amen. You made every decision. But as they grew, as they developed, You started to teach them, okay, you start telling me, what what is it that you want? Do you want this color of clothes? Or do you want these kind of shoes? Or do you want this kind of shoes? And then, why do you do that? Because you understand that the time is going to come when they reach maturity, that they're going to have to make their own decisions. Are you hearing me? They're going to have to make their... This is exactly what God does with us. When we first come to the Lord, yeah, He's he's telling us everything what to do. But you hear people say, well, you know, before I came to church this morning, I asked God, the Holy Spirit picked out my clothes. No, He didn't. Come on now. You picked out your clothes. And you know what? Guess what? God was okay with it. He said, you like them shoes? All right, wear them shoes. Come on. It's called maturity. (laughs) Somebody say praise God. Do you want to know why God wants you to decide what you want? Now, don't misunderstand me. I'm not telling you not to be in the will of God. You have to be in the will of God. But this is why God wants you to decide what you want. Because if you don't decide what you want, you won't stick to it. If you don't make up your mind, you are not going to stick to it. I promise you. Here in a you know in several months... When January hits, everybody will make all these New Year's resolutions. I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then they don't follow through it. You want to know why? Because they didn't make up their mind. It was just an emotional thought that came. They were moved. Okay, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to start getting the Word more. I'm going to start praying more. I'm going to start doing this more. And it's, it's, they don't make a quality decision. That's why, do you remember what God pre- He presented all the congregation of Israel. He said, choose this day. You choose. I'm not going to choose it for you. He, life or death, blessing or curse. But you know what? The good news is, he gave you the answer. He said, choose life. But he knows and he understands until you make up your mind. You're not going to stick with it. Now look at Hebrews 4, 1 through 3. Look at this. It says, Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. I want you to remember that. That any of you should seem to come short. Not make it. Go ahead. It says, For unto us was the gospel preached as well unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, because it was not mixed with what? You can hear the word all day long. But until it's mixed with faith, it's not going to profit you. Next verse. It says, for which we have believed, do enter into that rest. What is your battle in life? It is laboring to enter into that rest. What do I mean? In your mind. There are certain things that is my responsibility, but there are other things that only God can do, and I'm going to rest in Him. That's that labor. How many knows you have to labor to get into that? You have to labor to transform your mind. It's not just going to happen. All right, he says, I have sworn in my wrath if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundations of the world. Can I ask you a question? I'm going to make you think in here today. Did the Israelites fail from taking the promised land because they didn't believe? Now, now, before you say, that, "That's exactly why," what do we have to have with our faith? We have to have patience. We have to have a made-up mind. The problem was not that they did not believe. If they had an issue, they would bring it before God. You need to do this. We're tired of manna. We're tired of this. Give us water. They were looking to God. The only Here was their issue. Half the time, they wanted to be back in Egypt. The other half of the time, they wanted what God had for them. They wanted the promised land. And today, we find ourselves so many times in the same place. You want this over here, but you want that over there. I told you, it's not your faith. Everybody in here, you've got the faith. He said he's given every man a measure of faith. If you are a child of God in here today, you have a measure of faith. The issue is they did not have a made-up mind. That's why they didn't know what they really wanted. That's why half the time they wanted Egypt, they wanted to go back the other time the other half of the time they wanted the promised land now watch this it's no wonder that James says a double-minded person is what unstable in all of his ways that's what they were they were unstable they were happy one minute sad the next they had peace one minute, they had chaos the next. They were believing God one minute, the other half of the time, they, they wasn't everything's going to go down. They had no stability. There is no rest in stability or in instability. There is no rest. So here's what you've got to understand. That's why he said you must labor to enter into that rest because until your mind gets renewed, there is no stability. And where there is no stability, there is no rest. You ever hear somebody tell you they're believing God and they're not getting any sleep? They're chewing their nails. I'm just trusting in the Lord. I'm just believing God. No, you're not. You're trying to do something. All right, now watch this. Some of you want God to do something, but you don't know what you want. God can't do that. I say God can't do that. God is precise. He is detailed. How many has ever had God just tell you, uh, you know, I'm going to do something in your life. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm just going to do something. Never. God is detailed. He already knows the end from the beginning. He ha- watch this. He has a detailed plan for your life. You may not know every turn and every step, but as you go, come on, He will reveal to you. Okay, it's time to turn right. It's time to make this step. Why? Because he has a plan. So he wants you. What does he ask of us? He wants us to, want to, know, or to know what we want. Make up your mind. I'm going to give you an easy example. My wife probably a year ago said I wanted an Apple Watch. I want an Apple Watch. And this is why I said, I said, well, you know, Fitbit's got nice watches. I said, do you want this? Do you want that? She said, no, I want an Apple Watch. That's what I want. She knew what she wanted. All right, and then the time came. Now, it didn't happen immediately. The time came, and I had the power to give her the Apple Watch. So guess what? Because I knew what she wanted, I could give it to her. But if she come to me, watch this. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. If she came to me and said, I want a watch. What kind? I don't know. I just want some kind of watch. Do you want an Apple watch? Do you want a, uh, do you want a, yeah, an iMax watch? Do you want a, a Fitbit watch? What, what do you want? I don't know. But just give me a watch. Do you see what I'm trying to tell you? That's how many of us come to God. God says, what do you want? I don't know, but do something. God's not like that. He wants to know what you want. When Bartimaeus came to him and he was crying out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy. upon me!" What did he say when he came to him? He, he called him. He said, come to me. He, what did he say? He said, what do you want? Ask your neighbor again, what do you want? What do you want? Have you made up your mind? This is what God is showing me. This is the direction that God's having me to go. And I've made up my mind. Okay, then you're on your way. But if you know what God's wanting to do for you, but you keep wrestling back and forth. Why? Because you're looking at the impossibilities. Well, God said this, but look at this right here. You've not made up your mind. You have the faith But you don't have the patience to go with it. So when trouble comes, and it will come, when the pressure comes, here's what you're going to do. You're going to back off from it. And that's what the Israelites did. If you notice that as long as there was no army raising up against them, no hardship, they were good to go. All right, let's go to the promised land. Praise God. Let's go. But the moment that there was a Red Sea in front of them and the army of Egypt behind them or if there was some other kind of nation raising up against them or some kind of issue raising up, what happened to them? They would immediately back off of the promise that God gave them. A double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. Turn to your neighbor and say, You need patience. Now, if you've been listening to this message, turn to your neighbor and say, I want patience. (laughs) I want patience. Because now I understand it's not just waiting, but it's the ability to have a made-up mind. So let me say it to you like this. Do you want a house or do you want the house? Oh. I've never been in a church like this before. Because everybody's always taught me, you know, you just take what you can get. No, 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 no. Do you want a house or do you want the house that God has for you? Do you want a job or do you want the job that God has for you? Make up your mind. Because let me let me help you out in here today. Let me help you. God is not saying, okay, tell me what you want, and then he's going over here and saying, Am I able to do this? No, that's you. God says, I'm able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ever think you want. I'm able to do it. I'm going to tell you something that God told me. He said, if you can see it, you can have it. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how impossible. As a matter of fact, the reason why God presents to you impossibilities, he wants you to dream big in him and vision big, is to show you that when he brings it forth, that he is literally able to do the impossible, that nothing is too hard for him. We ought to put our hands together and give God some praise in here this morning. When Moses came to him and said, Okay, Lord, the people, they want this. Moses, I mean, he was nervous. He said, Moses, is my hand waxed short that I'm not able to do this? Is there anything too hard for me? Look at Romans 12 2. It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you look in this nation, if you look in society, if you look in this generation, they don't know what they want. They literally don't know what they want. One day they want this, the next day they want something totally different. They don't know what they want. Because that is a conformed mind. When you do not have a singleness of mind, when you have a double mind... That tells you right away, my mind's not renewed. I need to renew my mind. Because let me, let me explain something to you. This is not, this is so simple, but yet it's so deep. This, this verse right here. <clears throat> a renewed mind is simply this. It is a mind that takes off the limits. That's all it is. I want you to look at the Israelites again. We can look at the Israelites and we can say they were more than able to take that promised land, right? I mean, you hear us preach about it all the time. I don't know why they doubted God. I don't know why they had such a hard time. God was with them. They were more than capable. Do you know why you you and I can say that easily? Because we're not in that situation. Watch this. We are looking from God's perspective into the circle. A renewed mind is simply a mind that looks at it from God's perspective. Are you hearing me? That's what a renewed mind is. When sickness comes and attacks your body, it doesn't look at what the CDC says. It looks at it through the eyes of God. Y'all are not hearing me in here today. When when trouble hits you, it doesn't look like the world looks at it. It looks at it through the eyes and the perspective of God. That's why we can look at it and say, hey, they were more than able. But when they were in it, all they could see was the impossibilities. How tough it was. How hard it was. When you renew your mind, You literally take the limits off. There is is a statement that God spoke to me a few years ago, and I tell it to him all the time as a praise statement to him. He says, I want you to put no limits on me in your personal life and no limits on me in your ministry on what I can do. So every day, just about every day, I'll tell God, I'll say, no limits, Lord. No limits, Father, to what you can do in my personal life and what you can do in my ministry. Now, it's more than just making that statement. I have to renew my mind. Because you know what everything around me is telling me? Limits. There's limits. How many's ever had God tell you something, a promise? Raise your hand. Now raise your hand if the circumstances were in agreement. Didn't see one hand. They were never in agreement. Can I help you in here today? God doesn't need them to be in agreement to do what he said in your life. It doesn't matter. Okay, so remember this. A renewed mind is a mind with no limits. Let me ask you again. Could you make up your mind on what you wanted if you knew that there were no limits? Oh, it'd be a different ball game, wouldn't it? You ever hear somebody, you ever get together with somebody they say, hey, I'll tell you what, if I win the lottery, if I had this, I had that, I'd do this right here, I'd do that right there. Do you know why you're talking like that? Because you are imagining yourself with no limits. The reason, what are, you, what are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to tell you the reason why you can't make up your mind is because your mind is not renewed and you still have limits. You're, you're basing what you want on what you can do. And, and let me assure you, you can do very little. He said, I could do all things through Christ. He didn't say through me. He said through Christ, which strengthens me. That's when I got to get my mind on Him. I have to renew it. I have to be transformed. So... It's easy to know what you want when you have the limits removed. Oh, watch this. That's why Jesus said, with faith, all things are possible. Because when you put patience with your faith, you remove the limits. Mark 1. Excuse me, I don't want to get ahead of myself now. Yeah, Mark 1. Verses 12 and 13. It says, immediately the Spirit drove Jesus into the wilderness. This was right after the Father says, This is my beloved Son. I'm well pleased with Him. You ever have God tell you, I'm well pleased with you. And then the next day it seemed like everything broke loose. Jesus knows how you feel. The Father makes this proclamation in front of everybody This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. But then watch this the Spirit drives him. That word dro- drove right there also in the Greek means to literally throw him into the wilderness. Now look at verse 13. And he was there in the wilderness 40 days tempted of Satan and was with wild beasts and angels ministered unto him. Why was the Israelites driven into the wilderness? They could have went straight up into the promised land. Why did God route them in through the wilderness? Why did God drive Jesus into the wilderness? Have you asked yourself those questions? Let me tell you why. The word wilderness means a place of balance. Did you know that? The word wilderness means a place of balance. The reason why, watch this, the reason why God did not take the Israelites from Egypt straight to the promise was because he had to take them through a place of balance. Why? Because you have to know what you want. To get to where you need to be. Some of you are not hearing me. Jesus, The reason why Jesus couldn't go straight from this is my beloved son. To out ministering, casting out devils, doing all this other stuff. The reason why he had to go through the wilderness. Is because he had to know what he wanted. Why? Because I don't know if you know this or not. But there are many... Routes through this life There are many turns Come on There are many side roads that you can take But there's only one way that God's going to take you to your destiny There's only one way that God's going to take you to your destination Come on, think about it Watch this The devil came and he tempted him How did he tempt him? God had one way To take Jesus to kingship. And that was through the cross. Are you hearing me? But what does Satan do? You don't have to go that route. If you want to, would you like to go this way? I'll give you all this kingdom. You a king? A king needs kingdoms. I can give you all these kingdoms. And he could have done it. Because Adam had handed them over to him. He wasn't lying then. When he noticed when he said all these kingdoms are mine, say, uh, Jesus didn't rebuke him because he knew that they were. He said, "I've come to kick the god of this world out of here," but that would have been the wrong road. Notice, so for the Father to do everything He wanted to do through the Son, He had to know what He wanted. I'm hungry, but man does not live by bread alone. What I really want is not food. I want to be in the will and the plan of God. So the wilderness was a place of balance. Remember, a double minded person, somebody that doesn't know what they want, is unstable. There's no balance. The Israelites were given an opportunity to learn how to balance themselves. self. Well, and let me tell you something. Everybody's always focused on getting to the destination. Getting to them. Your prize is the journey. Let me tell you why your prize is the journey. Because what you learn in the journey will keep you in the promised land. If he took them straight to the promised land. Notice this. Do you notice why, have you ever wondered why God killed out the past generation and took the kids into the promised land? Do you want to know why? Think about it. Think about it. The generation after them knew nothing of Egypt. So they didn't have that mindset. Some of you, you say, why am I going through what I'm going through? Because God is trying to kill out that Egypt mindset. Some of you are saying, why am I feeling the pressure right now? Why am I going through these things? God promised me this. He said he's going to do this in my life, that in my life. Why am I going through the wilderness? Because God is trying to teach you how to know what you want. Because, watch this, faith without a single mindset will not work. Now, if you you notice this, that what Jesus learned in the wilderness carried him for the rest of his ministry. How many times did people try to persuade him to do something differently? How many times? But you notice that Clear, laser focus that Jesus had Would get the assignment done I'm not talking about just the cross I'm talking about everything that he would go to do You notice that people would try to uh, To distract him Persuade him to do this and that But he would have laser focus Where did he learn that? He said, I've come to do my Father's will I now know what I want And you know what I want? I want what God wants. Come on, somebody. I want what God wants. That's why, that's why the presence of God is so valuable. That's why it's so valuable. I know that everybody just wants to be in the power of God. They want to shout and scream for 10 hours in the church. But listen, let me tell you something. There's a secret in the presence of God. You want to know what happens? You get God's heart. How many knows that famous verse... Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Do you know the secret of that verse? That when you delight yourself in the Lord, your desires become his desires. You literally begin to want what he wants. So let me ask you something. Does God have a problem giving you what he already wants for you? Come on. That's why the Bible says ask and it'll be done. Are you still here? All right, so watch this. If things around you are still moving you, it is a sign that you are still unbalanced. I believe God. I know what he promised me. But this is going on. That's going on. You got to come to the place where you say, I don't care. Come on, somebody. You have to come to the place where you say, I don't care what the enemy's trying to do. I am going to get what is mine, and nothing is getting in my way. Can somebody say, Amen? That's when you receive. It's not when you're in here and you say, I tell you, I believe, I trust God, I know He's going to do it. You got to go back out in the wilderness. You got to learn how to maintain that balance. Let me give you a good example. Weightlifting. I enjoy weightlifting. I do it all the time, every week. You say, well, good for you. But here's what I want to tell you. The reason why I stick with it is because I've made up my mind, not because I feel like it. There are times where I don't feel like working out. Come on. There are times, let me tell you something. There are times when the conditions are not favorable. There are times where I go and I work out in that building and it is freezing out there. Or it is roasting in there. But I still go day in, day out. Because I've made up my mind. This is what I'm going to do and I'm going to do it. And I'm telling you in here this morning, you can have all the faith in the world. You can have it all. But until you make up your mind, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do. And I'm sticking to it. You're not going to go anywhere. You have to make up your mind. What do you want? All right, so if the conditions around me are still moving me, I know that it is a sign that I am still not in stability. I said this Wednesday night, I believe it was, or it may have been last Sunday. The Bible says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your strength... Is small. It's easy to stand and say, I'm going to believe God when there's no pressure, when there's nothing coming at you. But let me ask you something. What can the enemy do with somebody who refuses to quit? Can I tell you like this? He has no counterattack for somebody who has developed patience. Let me say that again. He has no counter-attack for somebody who has developed patience, staying power, a made-up mind. Heather, come on up. But on the contrary, the instability in your surroundings is driving you into a place of singleness. Singleness. You say, what do I mean by that? Some of you, you wouldn't do it yourself. I'm, I'm talking to myself. So God had to put you in a place of pressure so that you would learn how to make up your mind. How many has ever come to the place where you say, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired? Now you're ready. When you're still passive, "Ah, you know, I can deal with this, I can deal with that. But when you get to the place where you say, That's it, I've had enough, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired, God says, Now I can do something. Because now you've made up your mind, I am not staying here. Something is going to change. Did you learn something this morning? A place of limits. That's what the wilderness is. A desert is a place of limits, right? There's no this, there's no that, there's no food, there's no that. A place of limits teaches you to look to a limitless God. You know why you went through what you went through? To teach you that even though you were in limits, how many's in limited places right now? You're in limited places. That's okay. Because guess what? It's teaching you how to look to a limitless God. If you had all the resources and all the supplies, you wouldn't need to look to God. But it taught you, just like it taught Jesus. He said, won't you turn these stones to bread? Come on. There's limits here. You're starving. Do something. Man doesn't live by bread alone. I will look to the limitless God. Say that with me today. I will look to the limitless God. When God made you a promise, He was not asking you if you could do it. Somebody needs to be set free in here today. He didn't ask you to pay for it. Somebody say amen. All He asked you to do is believe Him for it. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Prophetic Faith, the podcast edition. For partnering information or for prayer requests, you can go to our website at www.acceleratefaith.org or you may email us at yahoo.com. And just remember, one word from God can change anything.